I'm Leah, and it's Old Fashioned Friday. We're talking about Wisconsin's signature cocktail, all the best watering holes, and small-town, big-hearted living. Pull up a chair, and let's get started. Welcome to the Old Fashioned Friday podcast. My name is Leah, and it might be time for me to reintroduce myself. I live in a sleepy, touristy town in the north woods of Wisconsin. Well, it's sleepy anyway when the tourists aren't here. We've got a population of under 2,000 that swells to over 20,000 at the peak of summer. Summers are gorgeous here, and winters are long and hard. What most people would consider civilization is a few hours away. You can have it, though. I'll take civility over civilization any day. Being isolated from some so-called conveniences makes us more self-reliant and more open to the idea of community. Helping others, serving others, pouring into our town and not just taking from it, that's a life I wouldn't trade for anything. Somewhere along the line, I got really good at making old fashions. Part of our culture here in our little Northwoods, and well, throughout Wisconsin really, is on Friday nights, gathering friends, family, or coworkers, heading out, meeting up for a fish fry, and preferably an old-fashioned or two. Well, when the world stopped a few years ago, we were left with picking up takeout six feet apart and eating it alone in our homes. And God help those who are using a pre-made bottled mix to make their own old-fashions. Hungry for community more than I was for fish. I think we all were. I was a little frustrated with the state of the world and a little feeling sorry for my friends who were home, missing an old-fashioned but not quite sure how to make one. I hit live on my Facebook page. I mixed an old-fashioned and virtually, I hate that word now, I virtually shared a drink with the handful of people that were watching. Week after week, I shared what I had learned about the origins of the old-fashioned, different types of bourbons and brandies. I talked about what was and wasn't going on in our community and would mix a cocktail. So here I am, still loving the old fashioned, still loving our small town, learning and sharing about the cocktail, learning more about the art of mixology and sharing what I've learned, sharing about our small town life and our beautiful community and sharing a drink with you. This is Old Fashioned Friday Season 2, Episode 1. Well, here we are, the second season of the Old Fashioned Friday podcast. My name is Leah. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for hanging in there, your patience, as I navigated through this last holiday season and took a teeny break from the Old Fashioned Friday. I didn't take a break from making old fashions or drinking old fashions. I will say that. So this is the fresh start of season two, Old Fashioned Friday. Today I'm gonna take you through a tour of my home bar. I know you've been waiting for that. I'm gonna talk about some of the must-haves for setting up a bar at your own home. And as the season goes on, I plan to take take a virtual tour, so to speak. Uh, There's that word again. Take a virtual tour of some of the distilleries all throughout Wisconsin. There's some very interesting ones. Um, You'd be surprised how many distilleries are in our state. And so we'll take a look at some of those and share a recipe from each of those different distilleries. 
But today, we're taking a little tour of my home bar. And I have to say, I thought I was pretty set up. Like, I thought I had just about everything you could you could need. Now, I didn't, like, follow a checklist or anything. I just kind of, what do I make? What do I serve? What do I like to drink? And I thought I had everything. And we had, um, we were entertaining a while back. And um, I offered a drink to a friend. And I'm like, what do you want? What can I make for you? Anything you want, I have it. I said arrogantly. And she says, do you have amaretto? And I'm like, nope, I don't have amaretto. So I thought I had everything. So it made me want to kind of take a step back and take an inventory and see what I have, what I'm missing, what I need, what I don't need. And so I've done that and I thought I would share it with you. If you can oblige me for one minute while I talk about my day job. Are you tired of missed deadlines, back and forth emails, scope creep with your creative projects that go over time and over budget? Well, so am I. I'm tired of it too. That's why as Deer Mountain Media, I offer day-long design summits. I've got a method that completes your branding package, logo, copywriting project, or even a website start to finish in one day. One fixed price covers your pre-consultation, your one-day summit, plus I don't just leave you alone with your deliverables. You receive customized training, reminder emails, and videos to help you utilize your new website, style suite, or marketing plan. You actually know how to use them. Want to give it a try for your next project? Reach out to me at DearMountainMedia.com and mention that you heard it on the podcast. My schedule fills up quickly, so be sure to contact me soon. So my home bar is actually an old hutch that I've repurposed. I found it. I found it at a like a little resale shop, barn sale kind of place, um, a little bit down the road from us that some friends of ours own. I'm poking around this old barn, and there's this piece, and it's not in too bad of shape. I didn't have to refinish it or anything. I just you know clean it up a little bit. Got new drawer pulls and and such on it. Um, but I found this little this little hutch and it, the size seemed just about right and it had shelves up the back that I knew would be perfect for holding um, liquor bottles and stuff and um, a nice surface to work on and nice storage underneath a big drawer. So I asked the owner, you know, oh, what, how much is this I didn't find a take? And she said, um, what, what will you, what do you want for it? What do you want to give me for it? And I, I think I said, I don't know, like 30 or 40, $50. It wasn't much at all. And it was such a steal. So we brought this home and that sat in our garage for probably two or three years while we planned our addition and built the addition and added onto our house. And in every in every revision of the floor plans, I I there had to be this four foot spot that would hold the bar. And as we were building and you know, actually building the walls and, um, you know, things don't quite always work out the way they do on paper. And, and I was just like protecting those 48 inches, like this wall has to be 48 inches to fit my bar. If it doesn't, the whole addition is pointless. That was my mind. The people that were helping us build thought I was a little bit crazy, but that's, that's what needed to happen. I have my I have my piece of furniture that's my bar. Now if you are still in the planning stages, which is a good place to be, you can pick a cabinet that you already have, repurpose an old dresser or an old hutch like I did. You could even find a shelf on a bookcase, a stable bookcase, um, a corner of a countertop in your kitchen, 
or buy a bar cart if you wanted. So there, there's different options. Just a designated surface, stable, not in the middle of things that's going to get knocked over, able to hold the weight, but again, just a designated spot. So um, start looking secondhand places. You don't have to you know, go out and buy something new. I think the more interesting the piece, uh, the better. It makes, it makes for good conversation while you're mixing drinks for your guests. Now, as you buy, as you think of what you need to stock your bar, keep in mind, you don't have to buy everything at once. Just really think of the things that you like to drink, that you like to make, that you serve frequently, and start there. Start with a list of, well, I usually have, you know, I need this and this on hand. I need this for this recipe, this for this recipe. Um, I don't have a cocktail shaker. That would be handy. So start with your own list of what works good for you. And then the other things you can, like my amaretto, you can add on later as you find a need for it. So I took a little tour. I was about to say virtual tour. Um, I took a little tour around my bar and uh, kind of made note of what I have. And the the liquor that I had, it usually started either I heard a recommendation or I bought it for a specific recipe and then kind of went from there. So I have a Corbel Brandy is the biggest, most prominent bottle on my bar because Wisconsin. Now, did you know that Wisconsinites are the number one consumers of Corbel Brandy? I mean, it yeah, no surprise there. Now, whiskey is the thing I would say I have the most different uh, varieties of in my bar. But again, that goes to what I like, what I make, what I serve, right? Yours may not be whiskey. Although if you're listening to a podcast specifically about old fashions, I'm going to guess that your taste for whiskey is similar to mine. So whiskey can refer to bourbon, scotch, Tennessee whiskey, rye whiskey, Irish, Japanese, all different types. Each has its own flavor profile and different uses, but I think the the place to start if you are new to this is start with a bourbon and a Tennessee whiskey and then maybe a rye. So looking down my bar, I have an Irish whiskey called Two Gingers Irish Whiskey. The, The reason I bought that one was because I had a, well, a recipe for it, um, I did something for St. Patrick's Day, but it makes a really good old-fashioned with brown sugar. Jack Daniels, of course, and then also Jack Daniels Honey Whiskey is really good. I do a grapefruit honey old-fashioned that mm, I think that's the best old-fashioned I make. So Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey Whiskey. Then I have 1792 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I have a whiskey called Bad Sweater. It actually came with like a little ugly sweater that you put on it, like a little ugly Christmas sweater. That is brown sugar and holiday spice flavored whiskey. Um, That's really good just around the holidays, even with just some warm cider. Then I have Kohler Dark Chocolate Brandy. They also make a chocolate mint brandy, but I may or may not have used all of that over vanilla ice cream. I also have Kentucky 74 Spiritless Non-Alcoholic Bourbon. There's been a few occasions that someone is really excited about an old-fashioned, but for various reasons they're not able to have alcohol that day. So um, that comes in handy to make a non-alcoholic old-fashioned. And whoever isn't able to have alcohol doesn't feel left out in the drink making. So I, I I love having that on hand. I have Maker's Mark Bourbon. I usually have Knob Creek on hand too. Then I also, right now I have Knob Creek, a pre-made old-fashioned. And then I just got as a gift, Traverse City, a Tra- it's Traverse City Bourbon American Cherry Edition. So it's a cherry infused bourbon. And uh, I honestly, I haven't opened that one yet. I can't wait to try it. 
And I don't have any rye whiskey on hand, but it's good to keep some on hand. The main drink I can think of that's used for is a Manhattan, but you can also make a bourbon Manhattan. So I wouldn't run out to the store specifically for rye whiskey, but that's me. Then when it comes to liqueurs and other different kinds of spirits, I have a Godiva chocolate liqueur. I have Appleton Estates dark rum. Now it's good to have a light rum on hand for daiquiri, mojitos, tropical drink like a pina colada or mai tai. Now dark rum, I didn't know this, dark rum is aged in oak barrels. And then a white rum is aged for a shorter amount of time in steel barrels. You can use dark rum in place of a light rum. It just gives it a little bit more a richer molasses type flavor. So I keep dark rum on hand, but you could add a light rum also if you wanted. I have extra dry vermouth and sweet vermouth. Good for martinis. I think it's in a Manhattan. Then I also have a Soul Boxer pre-made Manhattan that I inherited. I have slow gin, cream to cocoa, cream to mint. Those are good for, um, slow gin of course is good for a slow gin and orange juice. Um, cream to mint, cream to cocoa is always good to make a grasshopper over the holidays, have on hand for that. I have Everclear, about a half a bottle. I don't know what else you would use that for. It's just, you know, strong and nasty, but I have it on hand when we made um, bitters from scratch. So I've got enough to probably make one more batch of bitters, which it's probably time to do. Then I have a little bit of limoncello left that again was for a recipe probably over the summertime. I have Captain Morgan Apple Smash that my son left here and he was surprised that no one has touched it since he left it. Please tell me what I can do with Captain Morgan Apple Smash. I've got a bottle of Jose Cuervo on hand for margaritas. It's good to keep a lesser expensive tequila on hand for margaritas or tequila sunrises and then a premium tequila that would be good for sipping. When I'm looking for an inexpensive spirit that I don't know a whole ton about, I don't go to the cheapest one. I usually go like two or three up from that, you know, when they're in order of price. I, I don't get the lowest one. I get kind of the, a mid-range um, when I'm not quite sure what I'm getting myself into. I don't want to spend a ton of money, um, but you don't want the cheapest one necessarily either. Then I also have on my bar, Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. That is also good over ice cream. I have ginger brandy, which is very good. Um, again, heated up with some apple cider, maybe a cinnamon stick in it on these cold winter nights. That's that's a good friend. I have Deep Eddie's Cranberry Vodka that I used for a shot recipe. It's a little, eh, I'll just leave it at that. I have Glen Fittich Single Malt Scotch. I think that was a wedding present and we still have some of it around. It's always good to keep an inexpensive vodka on hand. Vodka is used in more mixed drinks than any other alcohol. And I haven't delved too deep into it. So again, I don't buy the cheapest one. I buy a couple one up from that. Um, but vodka is really versatile. You can use it in vodka martinis. I do an espresso martini that it comes in handy for. Vodka Collins, vodka tonic, white Russians, screwdrivers. So it's a good one to have on hand. I think people would be surprised if you offered them a drink and you didn't have vodka in your house. Another one that's handy to have around is an orange liqueur. Cointreau is a nice addition in old fashions and triple sec is a necessity for your margaritas. I also have a bottle of moonshine that was a gift from my son and Southern Comfort of course. I don't have any gin in my house. Now gin is good for gin martinis, gin and tonics, but I don't have any in my house and that is intentional. I can't stand it. 
Another one I mentioned before that I don't have in my house but should is Amaretto. Amaretto and Coke. I think that was like the first drink I would order when I first turned 21. So it's good to have on hand. I just keep forgetting to buy it. And then another one that keeps popping up in recipes that I find that I don't have on hand is Kahlua. So that's like a coffee liqueur. You also can make Kahlua from scratch, which I did a few years ago. I'll have to revisit that at some point. And then we move on to wines. I usually keep a red and a white in the house just for me to have on hand. I usually have a glass in the evening or with a meal. And then if we're expecting guests, I'll run to the liquor store or the local winery in town. And then there's beer. I don't drink beer, don't know much about it, don't care to. So my hubby's in charge of beer. He'll usually give me thoughts on what to pick up or whatever our boys bring when they visit and leave here. That's what we have for beer. Now bitters, we've got to talk about bitters. No home bar would be complete without them. You've got Angostura, of course. Invest in a nice big bottle of that. And then I have a small bottle of my homemade bitters that I guess they're more of a citrus bitters. We had a group that got together and made them. It's a two or three week process and we had a group that got together and made them um, virtually. Ugh, virtually. It might be time to do that again. I'm just about out of mind that I made. I think it was just about a year ago. Time to make another batch. Then I have chocolate bitters, cranberry bitters, dram citrus bitters, And then I have a bottle of cherry bitters. It's called Cherry Bluff Infusion from the Door County Distillery. That really makes a difference in an old-fashioned. And then I have a pack of five that I got for my sister for Christmas that I haven't tried yet. They're from Woodford Reserve. And they're five small bottles and a little kit in different flavors. Aromatic, cherry, orange, chocolate, and sassafras. So I can't wait to try those as well. Then, of course, you need sugar cubes, simple syrup, grenadine for your Shirley Temples and tequila sunrises. Sour mix is on the list, too, as I did some research about this, but I don't I don't keep that in my house. I haven't had a need for it yet. We'll see, I guess. Club soda, of course, sparkling water, sweet soda, a grapefruit soda, a cola. Always good to have those sodas on hand. And then juices, orange, pineapple, tomato, cranberry, lime lemon some of those are some of those of course you gotta those of course you gotta keep in your fridge after you've opened them or i buy the little small cans of it like little single serve cans ginger beer is another one i've got ginger beer too quite a bit of that little small cans it'd be handy if you had like a little small mini fridge or close to your bar but that's not always practical for everyone and some of us have too many refrigerators in our houses already so just a thought and then fruits it's always good to have oranges, fresh lemons, fresh limes on hand, uh, grapefruit sometimes. I also will use essential oils to get some of those flavors if I don't have the fresh fruit, but that's a whole nother podcast, so we'll tackle a different time. Uh, Things to use for garnish, maraschino cherries, of course, you know, the bright red ones that you see everywhere. And then it's always, I always try to have a nice dark cocktail cherry on hand as well, like Luxardo. Right now I have Traverse City Premium Cocktail Cherries that I got as a gift. So I've got those in my fridge as we speak. And then I have Bearcat's Gourmet Mushrooms for the rare time that someone requests mushrooms for garnish on their old fashioned. Next up is glassware. Yikes, yikes. I will admit, hi, I'm Leah and I'm addicted to glassware. I will admit that 
wholeheartedly, yes. So what do I have? Now I'm sure you can get away with less. You could buy plastic ones, red solo cup, you know, whatever you need to do. I've got martini glasses, just three or four. Nobody, I'm not serving martinis to a crowd anytime soon. I've got my copper mugs for mules, red stemless wine, white stemless wine. Then I have 48 stem champagne flutes from my sister's wedding. And don't even get me started on the 100 wine glasses I bought when I thought I was going to be a party planner. I've got a few dozen brandy snifters. What a fun night that'll be when we get those out. I've got a few thrift store Collins glasses, some pilsners for when the beer drinkers are feeling fancy, old fashions or rocks glasses by the dozens, Glencairn whiskey glasses for when I'm feeling fancy, shot glasses, of course, every day and special occasion, a few crystal decanters and a martini pitcher that may have been my grandmother's. I sure wish I could have gotten to know her better. Then last but not least, we've got to think about bar tools like a cocktail shaker. I have a crystal ice bucket and a galvanized ice bucket, depending on who's coming over. A couple wooden muddlers, knives and cutting boards, corkscrews and bottle openers, bar spoons, jiggers, stir sticks and garnish picks, and an overabundance of seasonal and humorous cocktail napkins. Now, this is a lot. I mean, you could this is a lot, I understand, especially if you're just getting started. Or you may be totally, totally into vodkas or totally into gins or tequilas and have a wide variety of those and then only keep one whiskey on hand. You know, that's okay. Up here, I'm just, you know, this is my little passion project and this is what we've got. So you don't have to have everything and you certainly don't have to have everything all at once. So when you're up against that and you've got people over and you might be afraid like, oh, what if they want a drink that I don't have? A good way to navigate that is to say, tonight we're having Old Fashions or Jack and Coke or whatever. Offer one or two or maybe three choices of cocktails that you know how to make that you know you have the ingredients for that maybe you've pre-made some of this ahead so that your night goes a little bit smoother. So just keep that in mind. And keeping that in mind, that's a recipe I'm going to share. I'll call it Make Their Own Old Fashions. I've done this a few times when we've had people over or specifically over the holidays when um, all our adult children were home and, you know, wanting to try different types of old fashions and stuff. And it just, I made this little, um, a little batch ahead and it just made things go smoother. And then when I'm worrying about preparing dinner, or answering the door, or whatever it may be as we entertain, it's really easy for guests to serve themselves an old-fashioned. I don't know why some people are like intimidated in making one. Well, whatever. Okay, so some people are intimidated in making one, and that's totally fine. I'm trying to cure the world of that problem, help the world one old-fashioned at a time, and teaching people how to make them, but that's okay. But if you have this pre-made, it's really simple for people to do. So next, we're going to talk about the make your own old fashioned. Have you been enjoying old fashioned Fridays? Become a supporter. Your monthly contribution of $1, $5, or $10 a month helps to cover some of my costs and keeps things going around here. If you'd like to help out, all you have to do is go to oldfashionedfriday.com, click on listen, and click on support, and you can sign up right through Patreon. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Old Fashioned Friday podcast. I'm Leah, and I am going to share with you my make-your-own old-fashioned kind of a pre-mix recipe. So what I do is I'll start with a cocktail shaker, a little bit larger one. I'll put in about six sugar cubes, eh, 10 to 12 shakes of bitters, soak the sugar cubes a little bit with the bitters, six, eight cocktail cherries, about half an orange that you wanna slice and quarter. Then you're gonna muddle all of that in the cocktail shaker. Pour in about eight ounces of bourbon or brandy, or you could do this twice, have a cocktail shaker bourbon, have a cocktail shaker brandy, depending on who's coming, what their preferences are. I usually do bourbon in this house. So you're gonna pour the spirit into the cocktail shaker, but a little trick I learned is if you pour it over the muddler, you'll get some of that juicy, sweet, sugary goodness off the muddler, the sugar that's sticking to it. Um, You'll get some of that off. So you pour the liquor over the muddler into the cocktail shaker. And then add a few ice cubes into that, cover and shake. That's pretty much it. Just keep it in the cocktail shaker on your bar. And then as guests come, they can strain out one and a half to two ounces of the mixture into a jigger, measure that into their rocks glass, pour it into their rocks glass that's already filled with ice. And then they can top with the soda of their choice. You can do a sweet soda like 7-Up or Sprite or a sour soda like Squirt for a sweet or sour old fashioned, or you could do press, which is the soda would be like half club soda, half a sweet soda. Sometimes I just do it with like a sparkling water. That's a nice little bit lighter drink. So that's it, that's it. It's basically just following an old fashioned recipe, but times four or times six or times eight, whatever you wanna do, pre-made into your cocktail shaker, and then people can strain it out, pour it out, add this ice and soda of their liking. And it just takes a little bit of pressure off you if you're hosting a lot of people. So there's my tip. I think it gives you a good excuse to have a few people over this weekend and try this technique. What do you think? So, whew, that was a lot to take in. Let's break it down, let's see. Starting a home bar, three simple steps. One, make a list of the drinks you make, the drinks you like, the drinks your friends like, and what those ingredients and tools all entail. So one, make a list. Two, keep in mind you don't, even that, you don't have to have it all at one time. Just buy it slowly. And three, a designated spot or interesting piece of furniture to keep all of your bar tools and liquors all in one place, all organized. So it makes entertaining easier for you, more comfortable for your guests. And really that's my wish for you in this is that having people into your home, having people over for a meal or drinks should become natural, second nature. I think so much beauty, so much beautiful things happen in relationships and friendships and family around a table, around a good meal, around a good intimate evening of sharing and laughing and talking and remembering. I just think that's one of the best things this life has to offer. So gather some ingredients, gather some friends, make a good meal, mix a few cocktails, and just watch what unfolds. And make a habit of it. Do it regularly. It's okay to plan big, elaborate dinner parties, and it's also okay to just invite someone over last minute for a pizza, you know? Make a habit of it. It will enrich your life, I promise. Thanks for listening today. I'll catch you next time on Old Fashioned Friday. 
Thanks for following along with this episode of Old Fashioned Friday. I'm Leah, and it would mean so much to me if you joined me next time. Until then, I want to toast to three simple things. Stories shared around the table, well-crafted cocktails, and friendships as strong as our whiskey.